Well, we're going to continue this morning with our reboot series. We've been talking about rebooting our lives. Uh, at the beginning of the year, it's kind of a natural thing to, to evaluate your life and to look at some changes. And we usually call those New Year's resolutions. <coughs> and those resolutions often don't last very long, do they? But we're looking for something a little bit more permanent. We're looking to hit that reboot button like we do when our computers crash. And sometimes there's areas in our life that start crashing and we just need a fresh start. We talked about Galatians chapter 5, 1 says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. That is so important to remember. You know, Christianity is not, not about captivity. It's not about slavery. It's not about obligation. It's not about rules and regulations. Jesus came to set us free from all of that. It says, stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. And yet that's exactly what we so often do. We, we get into a lifestyle that, that just burdens us again. Week one, we talked about getting real. If we really want to reboot and, and get a fresh start, we've got to get real about what's going on in our lives. We've got to say, you know, there are some things going on in my life that, that aren't beneficial to me. There's some things going on that, that I, I really need to reevaluate, that I really need to work on, because they're, they're not helping me to be a better person. They're not helping people around me to better people, and they're not helping me to do a better work and better ministry for Jesus Christ. And so the first thing, we just got to be honest about that and say, listen, there are some areas of my life I can make improvements. Last week, we talked about rebooting our religion. Why? Because our religion can get in the way of our spiritual health. And we talked a lot about last week about religiosity, about like coming to church and going through the motions, but really not being present, really not being involved in our praise to the Lord, our prayers to the Lord. We're just going through religious motions. And so religion can actually get in our way. We talked about swapping our religion for relationship because that's what, that's what God really wants. That's what Jesus really wants. That's what the Holy Spirit really wants. He doesn't want us to just get together in some big holy huddle and sing songs. And, and he wants us to relate. He wants us to, to have a personal relationship with him. We looked this week now forward to the idea of rebooting our lifestyle. Ecclesiastes 10.15 says this, A fool's work wearies him. He does not know his way to town. Now, if we were to translate that in today's vernacular, we'd be saying, a fool's work wearies him. He doesn't know whether he's coming or going. Now, that, doesn't that describe us sometimes? Have you ever been there where, where you, you were just so busy, you got so many things going on, that you don't know if you're coming or going? Well, Scripture says that's a fool's work. Too many of us have too much stuff in our lives. We just really do. Even the secular world realizes that. I, I don't got to go to Scripture to, to, to convince you of that because even the non-believing world recognizes that we have just too much stuff in our life, too much junk in our life. For example, Dan Weston, an executive coach, says this, more and more often, more and more often, people are finding themselves busier than they can handle. And this, far from being something which is treated as worrying, is actually seen as favorable. 
It's almost a badge of honor to be able to say to people that you have been too busy to eat, sleep, have a social life, be a human. Too many people are falling into the trap of thinking that being busy to the exclusion of everything else in their life is actually a good thing. And you see people like that all the time. You hear people like that all the time. You might be one of those people. It's kind of like the busier I am and the more things I'm into and the more activities that I've got going on, the the, the better of a person I am. And we really fall into that trap. It's an unhealthy trap. Tina Williamson is a writer and creator of of uh, Mindful Amazing, says this. You need to hear this. If you're being flung in every direction, then you're really not following through on anything or doing anything particularly well. Think about that. I mean, if you're, if you're into all kinds of stuff and you're going in all these different directions, you're probably not really being productive in any one of those areas. goes on to say, your internal foundation will be shaky. Health, money, relationships, and work will eventually crack. What's even worse than that is the speed with which your life will fly by without enjoying all the simple moments. These moments, these simple moments, she says, really constitute your life. We're getting so many things. Life is going so fast. I'll tell you what, life is going fast anyhow, amen? I mean, I mean I'm experiencing my days you know, go by like that. Weeks seem like days. Months seem like weeks. Years seem like months now. It goes by so fast. And we get involved in all this stuff, and we wear it like a badge of honor. And, and the real result is that we're living life so fast that we really don't have time to enjoy life. Elizabeth Dickinson, writing for the John Hopkins Hospital Health Review, said this. Busyness is more than an annoying truth of modern life. It has emerged as a significant health concern. According to Joseph uh, Bavino, a psychiatrist and director of the Anxiety Disorders Clinic at John Hopkins Hospital, he says this, emotional distress due to over-busyness manifests itself as difficulty focusing and concentrating, impatience and irritability, trouble getting adequate sleep, and mental and physical fatigue. Oh, now there's some goals we should have in our life, right? We we, we all need to be more irritable. We all need to have less concentration. We all need to to not sleep as much. I mean, it's crazy. But it's exactly where so many of us are living. And as as Dan Weston said, there's people on the sideline clapping their hands saying, way to go, way to go. You, you, you just be busy and get busier. Now, 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 turning this thing in a spiritual direction, all of these folks are not spiritual people. Mike Zigarelli from the uh, Regent University in Virginia Beach, which is a fine, fine faith-based institution. And he's a, the, the dean of uh, the School of Business. He says this, Far too many Christians, for too many Christians rather, the busyness and pace of our lives 
are primary obstacles. What are you saying? Primary obstacles to living the life God wants us to live. When we look back in our old age, many of us will regret how busy lives crowded out God, crowded out the people we love, crowded out joyful service, and crowded out the quality of life God wanted to give us. Now, some of us are reaching that stage and looking back and evaluating our lives and saying, what were we thinking? Some of us are still caught up in that trap. Last week, we looked at a couple really important verses. You could almost say that these verses represent the mission statement of Christianity according to Jesus Christ. Mark 12, 28, it says, one of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Jesus was, was having a public debate, and they were talking, they were asking him questions, bombarding him, and all of a sudden, one of the religious leaders, the teachers of the law came by. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he, he asked them, now, now he's going to get in the fray, he's going to trip them up. And he's going to say, of all the commandments, which is the most important? And we looked at it last week. Mark 12, 30. Jesus replied, the greatest of all the commandments is this, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. So what's the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God. And then right away, we saw in the next verse, Jesus says, but, but stop. He says, the second greatest commandment is this, love your neighbor as yourself. So the mission statement of Christianity can be summed up with one word, and that word is what? Love. Love. That's Jesus talking. He says, that's the greatest of all the commandments. Write this down. We can't love in a hurry. We can't love in a hurry. We can't love God in a hurry. Not really love him. We can't love him with, with all our heart and all our soul and all our mind and all our strength. If we're living life in the express lane constantly. And yet that's exactly where so many of us end up. We end up not loving God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, but with our spare time. We can't love people in a hurry, it doesn't work. And yet we try to do that all the time. We're way too overextended for our marriages. And most people would say they want to have a good marriage, and, and, and people will say, you know, we, uh, we want to grow old together, and we, we want to enjoy our twilight years together. But we, we, we get so involved in so much stuff in so many activities, in so many organizations that we really don't have time to cultivate 
our marriages. When we finally do have time to even speak to each other, what are we doing so often? We're just problem solving. That's all we're doing. We're problem solving. We're way too overextended for our kids. We keep thinking, man, kids today, they're, they're unruly and they're out of line. And, 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 and kids, well, the reason that that is true and research holds true to it over and over again is that it's because parents aren't there. We're farming out our parental responsibilities. And I prefer to say we're farming out our parental privileges and opportunities. We overextended for our friends. How many times do we say, oh man, we haven't been together and so we, we, we just gotta put something on the counter. Come on, God, this is crazy. We, we gotta go out to dinner one night together. We, we, we need to do this. We need to come over and just have a game night. Something. God, come on, this is crazy. We haven't been together in so long. I mean, these are people that we really hold important in our lives. And yet, week after week after week after week after week after week goes by. And we never make that phone call. We ever extend it for ourselves. As that John Hopkins article said, I, I, I mean, it's making us more irritable. It's making us more impatient. It, it's robbing us of our, of our health, of our, of our sleep, of our rest. We're fatigued. We're just too busy for our own good. Way too overextended for God. Again, we find ourselves, not because we don't love God, not because we don't have better intentions, but we just get ourselves so involved in so much stuff that we don't have time to give him. We're, we're doing good to give him an hour and 15 minutes once a week coming to the bridge. We can't love in a hurry. And Jesus reminded us that love is the greatest thing. So how can I make time to love God and love people? That's what I want to talk about in the time that we have remaining. How can I change this? How can I reboot this? How can I make a difference? Reboot your lifestyle. So how do I do that? All right, let me give you several ways. But it all evolves around just say no. We've got to learn to just say what? No. What? No. You can say that word. It's in your vocabulary. I'm so proud of you. Just say no. Just say no to what? To perfectionism. That's a problem for some of us. Not all of us, but it is a problem for some of us. Again, Michael Zigarelli from Regent University says, perfectionists are great people. They're the people who usually get stuff right. They're the people you can count on to deliver great work almost every time. They do much more than asked of them to ensure excellence. Unfortunately, they pay the price. For all the wonderful things our perfectionism offers, it's often unnecessary, sometimes even detrimental. 
goes on to say, there are times when our work needs to be completely error-free, but not every task needs to be performed at that level. Recognize that good enough is a relative standard that depends on the task at hand. Sometimes 80% of our best is actually better stewardship than 100% of our best. Some struggle with this perfectionism thing. And I mean, they gotta have every single I dotted, every single T crossed. It's all gotta be done perfectly. Now, some things need to be done as close to perfect as possible. If you are my heart surgeon, I'm not looking for good enough. I'm not looking for you to come in after my operation and I say, how did it go? And you say, well, yeah, it went pretty good. I wasn't at my best, but that's not what I'm looking for. But most things don't need that level of perfection. The house doesn't need to be absolutely disinfected to where a surgeon could come in and lay a body on your floor and do surgery because it's a sterile environment. Good enough is an okay standard. It's all right. We don't have to do everything to perfection. Say no to that. Because it will just put you in a cycle that'll grind you up and it'll grind up everyone else around you because if you're living in that cycle of constant striving for perfectionism, not only are you going to grind yourself up, you're grinding up people all around you. You're grinding up your spouse. You're grinding up your kids. You're grinding up your coworkers because you're demanding they all operate at that level and it's not even healthy for you to operate at that level. And then you wonder why there's so much chaos in your relationships. Say no to technology. This is a huge one in the day that we live in. You got to start saying no to some technology. Now, I'm not saying take a hammer this afternoon and bust up your cell phone and throw your smart TV out, at least not before the Super Bowl. Next week. Deborah DiNocenzo, president of Alternatives, says this. Many people feel stressed and overwhelmed because they are overconnected. As a result of the never-ending ways that people can access us any time of the day or night, we feel perpetually connected to our work. Listen, don't give out your cell phone number freely. I love all of you dearly. I really do. You ain't getting my cell phone number. Don't give that number out freely. Give it out with great thought and carefulness. You don't need to be on everyone's tether 24 hours a day. You've got to protect yourself. You've got to protect your family. Don't give that number out to everyone. Turn off your cell phone when you shouldn't be or don't want to be interrupted. How, 
we become slave to these things. Jesus said, it's for freedom I set you free. And we've enslaved ourselves to these little boxes that we, we can't get away with. Right now, some of you are thinking about it in your pocket. Saying, I wonder if someone's texting me, you know. What am I missing? I mean, we're consumed with it. Don't take a cell phone to an appointment or an occasion when you need to be focusing on someone. What's the greatest commandment? Love. Love God. Sitting there reading my Bible, having my devotion. Sitting there just talking to somebody. It slays me. And you've seen it, and we've talked about it before. You, you, You watch a family at a table in a restaurant. They're sitting around the table, and no one's talking to each other. They're all on their phones, texting other people. Some of them who are actually at the same table. It's ridiculous. Arrange for calls from work after work to be in cases of real emergencies only. Don't create this because you want people to think that you're some kind of a superstar, some kind of a superhero, that you'll take calls any time of the day or the night, unless you're in some occupations that demand that. But create some boundaries for yourself. Now, people, listen, I'll take a call if it's emergency, but your procrastination doesn't necessarily demand an emergency from me. Simplify your online life. Take regular technology fasts. I I, I say the word technology fast, and some of you start sweating and getting chills, you know. Get away from it sometimes. When's the last time you just sat around a table and talked? When's the last time you just sat around a table and played a table game to where you're you're actually engaging real people. Monitor your volume of friends on social media. Now, you'll note that I don't Facebook. You'll note that I don't tweet, twat, 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 whatever it is. I don't do any of that. Now, it's not because I don't like people and I don't want to, it's, it's just too much. I, 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 I've got to have some balance in my life. I've got to watch what I invite into my life that further crowds my life and clutters my life. Social media has gone crazy. And let's talk about how positive social media is, right? I mean, there's, there's where you want to go to feel good about life, Right? I mean, it's just filling us with all this negativity all the time. Raymond Hall, the author of The Peter Principle, a really big, groundbreaking book many years ago, said this, he who trims himself to suit everyone will soon whittle himself away. I think that's profound. He who tries to trim himself, he who tries to to be all things to all people, Soon he's going to just whittle himself right away. There won't be anything of value, of substance left in that person. Don't be that person. Say no 
to technology, not in its totality, but create some boundaries, create some goals, create some standards, create balance in your life. Let it be what it really should be, and that is a tool to better our life, rather a tool that enslaves us to the demands of others. Say no to the kids. I know that might shock you. Say no to the kids. Michael Zigarelli again. Many a mom and dad in the new millennium is more attendant than parent. I like that. More an attendant than they are a parent. Shuttling kids daily from activity to activity. Yielding regularly to their cries for fast food. Cooking them separate meals because they won't eat what's put in front of them. Photographing, videotaping, and every square inch of childhood. We're overwhelmed with the kids and having them in this and having them in that and taking them here and taking them there and, and, and cooking three different meals because three different kids want three different things. It says some call it overindulgence, other call it overparenting. Regardless of the label, it's overloading parents as never before. Man, you see it. And probably most of us have lived it. I think back where Stella and I violated this when we were raising Peter and Sonia. She was in dance and Peter was in this sport. And we were, we were like, it, well, like in the morning, our conversation was, okay, we had the, you know, our day planners out at that time. We we're saying, okay, now I'm going to pick up the kids when and you're going to do what and you're going to deliver them. Then I got to go across town. I got to pick up because you got to be, oh. I mean, we're, we're nuts to do this. Kids don't need all of that stimulation. They're overstimulated. Sometimes you just got to say, enough is enough. To toxic relationships. You got to say no to some of those toxic relationships. Daphne Stevens, a psychotherapist, says, getting control of your life may also mean more than just getting rid of stuff. It may also mean getting rid of people, too. Avoid overexposure to negative or toxic people. Instead, nurture the relationships that support you. We've talked about this before. I've shared it with you that from my perspective, there's two kinds of people in the world. There's VIPs, and no, they're not very important people. They're very inspiring people. There's just some people, man, you, you can't wait to see them again. Because the conversations you have and the perspectives they share, and they're encouraging, they're supportive, they're inspiring, they're positive. And it's just like, man, we got to have lunch. Come on, we, we, we got to get it together. And then there's VDPs, very draining people. You know these folks, you're, you're with them for two minutes and it's, you can feel life being sucked out of you. You know, and you're, you know, you're like in a daze after just minutes around them. Because everything is negative and everything is gossipy and everything. And you're just, it's just like, you know, sometimes we, we, we got to sever some of those relationships and spending too much time with them. Because what the Bible says, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character, 1 Corinthians. You gotta say, Nate, some of those relationships. 
I love you, but I, I, I've got to create balance in my life for my time. Downsize your life. That's what really rebooting your lifestyle is. It's all about downsizing. Not adding more, getting rid of some of the stuff. Enjoy what you already have. So much of our overcrowded lifestyles is because we want more stuff. Hebrews 13.5 says, Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. Here in the United States, we already have way more than we need. I went to my closet this morning. I'm getting dressed to come to church. And I'm having to push stuff to get this shirt out, you know? There's just so much stuff in there. I've been looking for the last week. I've got a whole row of sweater vests. I haven't worn a sweater vest in 15 years. And i probably got 50 of them in my closet. I'm going, I'm getting those suckers out of there. I love Proverbs 30, verse 8 and 9. Solomon, literally the wisest human being, save for Jesus Christ, who's ever walked the planet, because God gave him extra wisdom if you remember the story of Solomon. This is kind of a prayer. Like he's praying to God. And he says, keep falsehood far from me. Then he says this, give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. In other words, he's saying, he says, don't give me riches. I don't want to be poor either. Just give me what I really need. He goes on to say, otherwise, I may have too much and disown you and say, who's the Lord? Why do I need God? I'm doing fine on my own. He says, or I may become poor and steal and so dishonor the name of my God. So as he said, just make me content with what I have. And God, just give me enough that I eat. And I have a, a, a relatively good standard of living. Don't make me poor because I might be tempted to do things that will dishonor you. Enjoy what you already have. Make Love preeminent. Now, we're, we're making full circle now. We're coming back to the greatest commandments. Love the Lord your God. Love others. That's what Jesus said, Matthew 22, verse 37, 39, another place. In Mark 12, he said it, but here he says, love God, love others. Look what Jesus says. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Over 600 laws in the Mosaic system under Judaism. And he says, all of it can be streamlined to these two things. Love God, love others. So make love the preeminent goal in your life. 1 Corinthians 13, 3. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to flames. In other words, if I am like super benevolent and super generous as a person, and I give it all away, and I'm out there and I burn up myself, I, I, I go out in, in a blaze of flames because I'm so involved in so many things. It says, but have not love, I gain nothing. Why? Because I've missed what life is about. Life is about 
love God, love others. Love God, love others. Everything streams from those two categories. Reprioritize your life. Push the reboot button. And decide that I'm putting God on top, not on the bottom. God is going to be, and, and his guidelines for life are going to be my driving theme, not God is going to get my spare time, my spare change, the, va- the last resources of what energy I have after expending them everywhere else and on everyone else. Matthew 6.33 says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. That's a promise from God. He says, listen, put me on top. Reboot, put me on top. Follow what I've said and your life is gonna go so much better. You'll have all the stuff that you really need to have fulfillment in life. Matthew 11, 28, 29. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. I wonder if that's you today. Is that you today? You're weary and you're burdened and you're worn down. And, and if you're honest, because we've got to be honest in rebooting, we've got to get real. So much of it is self-imposed. You're doing it to yourself. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. <sighs> Doesn't that sound good? Mark eight thirty six. Jesus says, what good is it for a man to gain the whole world, yet forfeit his own soul? Now, that, that, that's, the, that's the worst place all of this can take us. And that is the place that countless people are right now today. How many think that there's more people out of church this morning than in church this morning? Huh? See, because they're they're trying to get life. They're trying to get all of life they can possibly get. And they're going so hard that they get to Sunday and they go, I I I I I just I, I, I can't take another step. And the one thing that will bring rest, the one thing that will lift is the thing they cut out. Jesus said, what if, if you get it all, you do it all, you have it all, you experience it all, you got a million friends on Facebook, and you don't make a connection with God, and you don't believe in Jesus Christ as your Savior, you've got nothing Reboot your lifestyle. Let's bow our heads. Father, help us to look at our lives right now and begin to take inventory of everything that's in them. And then using the, the two categories that life is all about, especially the Christian life, loving God, loving others, help us, Lord, to Maybe you reprioritize some things in our lives. Putting you on top, not on the bottom anymore, but in first place. Because God, we know that you will take us to the place of joy and peace 
and happiness and purpose and fulfillment. Help us to put our burdens on you today. In Jesus' name, amen.